Hello and welcome to Earth Calling. We're your hosts, Ed and Laszlo. Every week, we take you on a journey through the wonderful world of online content, sorting through the tweets, the memes, the Insta queens, the grams, the snaps, and the fake news traps. This is our record of humanity in the 21st century, our digital legacy left behind for future spacefaring civilizations. So sit back, relax, and buckle in. This is Earth Calling. This week is our first episode of 2021, and we will be hashtag exploring hashtag Twitter. Hashtag New Year, New Me. That would be a more appropriate one. Hashtag feeling blessed. <laughs> um, Lazo, do you have any specific New Year's resolutions? Um, not as such. Are you doing dry January? Uh, no. <laughs> are you doing, hang on, hang are on. You doing veganuary? Okay, good, because I was going to bring up veganuary, um, which I'm also not doing. I mean, I'm a, let's say, a, a full-time pescatarian. Um, so, you know, doing my bit to, to keep our planet going. But uh, no, I, I'm not doing veganuary. I, I, are you? I'm not. Um, I will be uh, probably drinking, probably eating meat, um, probably locked down for the foreseeable future and just trying to hashtag get by you know i think personal resolutions aren't so important when all we want is the whole world to restore to normality <laughs> <laughs> not too much to hope my for. new year's resolution is for the world to get its act together uh, and go <laughs> mm-hmm. back to normal if that's okay thanks very much um, and on this subject of twitter i, I wa- i'm very curious to hear what you found in your travels because it's obviously been a very interesting year f- to be on social media. Uh, and how is that reflected uh, on Twitter? I feel that Twitter is, if we take a step back, the pulse of the world in many ways. And we've seen plenty of things that have trended this year, many of them COVID-related, many of them Trump-related. You know, we could do entire episodes on, on Donald's uh, Twitter, which we will be hearing a lot less from, one would imagine. But um, I think that Twitter is a great barometer of, of how people are doing and has become, yeah, that pulse. But I focused my efforts on finding funny tweeters. Funny, what is a person who tweets a twit? A funny tweeters. I think I think a, a tweeter would do. And I stumbled upon an unlikely candidate. I'm not sure if you will already know this, but in fact, it turns out that none other than James Blunt is a very funny tweeter. Um, a very funny twit and you're nodding so I'm, I'm assuming that you might be familiar with yeah I'm familiar I am I'm familiar with um you're beautiful yeah or should I say that the parody version it's bloody cold it's bloody <laughs> where he's there's a music video with a guy who's sitting in the snow just like James Blunt is in the, the music video for you're beautiful well exactly for the context you know you're beautiful is is the music video for some reason um you know you might have thought that it was about somebody on a on a tube or in the subway it's actually a man standing on the edge of a frozen cliff and there is a parody you're bloody cold but James Blunt of that fame is very funny on Twitter. And I, of course, only knew him from Your Beautiful, which was released in 2005, if that makes you feel a bit weird. And yeah. it is a great song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she caught my eye. 
as she talked on by. I could see from her face that I was flying high. That's the non-explicit version, but we all like the explicit version where he just bangs out the F word. She could see from my face that I was fucking high. He's a bit creepy in that song as well, because if you think about it, you've got James Blunt essentially in a in a subway car, um, high, clearly, as a kite, um, looking at this girl who is with another man. And, um, <laughs> but he's not going to lose any sleep because he's got a plan. It's not revealed as to what the plan is. No, um, the plan is, the plan is, I think, he's sitting there kind of dribbling out the corner of his mouth and he just goes, <laughs> he just goes, you're beautiful. That's his only plan, just to shout it out in public. She goes, sorry, Daniel, who's that guy over across, <laughs> across the way who's kind of dribbling slightly and his eyes are rolling into the back of his head and he goes, oh, don't, don't mind him. He's, he's a bit odd. He's got PTSD from his time in Costa. Um, <laughs> because of course James Blunt did actually serve in the military. Did he? And he, yeah. Oh, you didn't know that. So, so no bravery. One of his other songs was written about his time working for the NATO peacekeeping mission in Kosovo, and yeah, he he suffered, and and that song was actually written there. Poor guy. But he's got. All sorts of tunes. And I, I actually wondered, like, I had to Google this because I wondered whether he actually sounds like he sings because he sings in a very strange, yes. like, camp, odd way. And I wanted to know whether he talks like that. And he actually does sort of have a rather camp, strange kind of voice. And he's got some very funny interviews. Um, but so James is extremely funny, it turns out, on Twitter. And his brand of comedy is sort of the put down, the the savage response. And I'll give you and our listeners a, a taste of some of his witty reposts. Typically, they take the form of a reply. So somebody has sent something offensive to him and he, he shoots back, boom. So Gary Moody, James Blunt, why you only got 200k followers? He replies, Jesus only needed 12. Very good. Very good. 12 apostles. Actually, that reminds me of the Last Supper, uh, the famous... Da Vinci painting where they're all sitting at the table. Have you seen that painting? Are you uh, familiar? Of course. There's a great meme where um, <laughs> it's Jesus walking into the restaurant and he goes, hi, I'd like a, a table for 26, please. And the guy goes, sorry, I, I can only see 13 of you. And he goes, yeah, but we're all going to be sitting on the same side. And he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, somebody like Samantha says... Does anyone else just, like, hate James Blunt's voice? I cannot stand it. And then James just goes, Well, Samantha, I never liked the sound of my own voice until it made me extremely rich. (laughs) Um, It's deadpan, which we like. That's very good. Um, And Matt Burns, who goes, God, can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really enjoying James Blunt's new album. What is happening to me? And James goes, it's called the menopause, Matt. Um, so he understands it. Yeah, he's clever. He's quite cheeky. He, he wears his success with pride. He knows he's killed it. But he uses it as a very convenient tool to just slap people down, which I like. Because he's got a point, you know. You can throw stones at, at his glass house, but, but then you'd be butchering a, an age-old English idiom. Elsewhere, though, beyond James, there is, of course, a a wide variety of uh, accounts on Twitter, which I perused. And I was trying to find just generally comic things just to raise the tone. The world is burning around us, not literally, although it is in Australia and and probably in California. It seems to always be burning in California. Mm -hmm. So 
Paul Pumpkin Spicertope says, The saddest thing about old MacDonald and his song is realizing that it's all in the past tense because he's dead. <laughs> and I've actually realized that I teed that up to be something very lighthearted and actually delivered quite a sad, uh, you know. It is true. I mean, I've never considered that that old MacDonald had a farm and and sadly it's probably old mcdonald's great 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 grandson baxter who is now now the proprietor but you do you do wonder what old mcdonald's i mean to be honest it's probably best that he's dead because today he'd be shielding he'd be he'd be at risk (laughs) um old mcdonald he'd be you're right locked up in that farm and if he didn't get the virus already from the pangolins he keeps in the out in the outhouse then you know (laughs) (laughs) And he's lucky. And on that farm, he had a couple of pangolins. E-I-E-I-O. And in that farm, he had a bat. Coronavirus. Yeah. With a cough, cough here and a... Oh, oh, uh, there. <laughs> oh, God. This is the world we live in. I always also wondered whether there was a connection, any connection between old McDonald and McDonald's. And I think... In my head when I was a child, I think I thought that old McDonald's supplied McDonald's mm. with everything. Mm-hmm. So actually, old McDonald is a, a rather, not sadistic, but a very calculated international superstar of mechanized meat production, which would offend you as a, as a pescatarian. Yeah. Do you eat the fillet of fish at McDonald's? So I'm not proud of it, but I, I do eat the double fillet of fish at mcdonald's mm. the double being two two fillets right on top of each other and uh, you know well it makes sense two, yeah two, two for the price of not knowing what the hell it's made out of tell you that much <laughs> for sure it is pretty tasty though delicious but old mcdonald's he had a farm he died he passed it on to presumably young mcdonald who runs the farm until this damn day. He runs a farm and he got his animals. E-I-E-I-O. I wonder what great uncle MacDonald would say if he knew that I use this farm mainly for Bitcoin these days. <laughs> we, we, mar- we mind the hell out of it, we do. Find those new prime numbers. Ain't no problem with that. The, the cows helped us. We decided, in fact, because the demand for the cattle was going down thanks to these goddamn plant-based meat companies, and so we uh, <laughs> converted old McDonald's farm into McDonald Jr.'s Bitcoin mining agency, and uh, <laughs> we got old Bessie, who's a miner, and she go down to mine, and instead of eating her up, we decide to give her a pickaxe and a head torch, and she's down there mining away. But I'll be the one laughing with when Bessie comes out of that mine with a, uh, a hoof full of Bitcoins. <laughs> and of course, our listeners will know that Bitcoin has reached new highs recently. Um, unless yes. there's a massive crash between the time that we record this and the time we publish it. Entirely <laughs> possible. Uh, famously volatile Bitcoin as a currency. We move on, though, to Ronnie Vare. And he says... Women get to smell like real things, brackets, vanilla, lavender, etc. But men have to smell like concepts. What the fuck is cool sport rush? (laughs) (laughs) And to me, this is brilliant because it really does sum up that strange brand of marketing, which is specifically aimed at the male eye 
And it's kind of like a bit like, you know, Gatorade. You look at Gatorade and you've got, okay, well, what does blue actually taste like? It's not <laughs> yeah. really a flavor, is it? Cool blue or, you know, <laughs> cool original Doritos. But funny enough, I think that the Gatorade blue or the Powerade blue more accurately does actually taste like what I'd imagine blue to be. That's exactly what I wanted to get at. It does taste blue, doesn't it? Like, it's weird. Is that because you kind of mix it, you mix your visual with your other sensory... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, It's just unfortunate that for other products, like you're saying, I I don't think it checks out. Like, for example, Lynx Africa... I don't. I think, I think, I'm not sure that actually represents the continent of Africa, and therefore I have no idea on what grounds they decided to call it Africa. And by the way, that's obviously a classic staple of of a teenage boy in the UK. Um, I'm sure a lot of your a lot of your friends, at, at a kind of thirteen year old friends, would have been wearing Links Africa. I'm not saying that you have thirteen year old friends now. I mean, at the time. No, I mean uh, Links is a is a. Christmas staple. It's in every stocking across the land. Everybody's <laughs> got to have a bit of links. And you're right. Africa is just like what? What does Africa smell like? Um, and I don't think links is is what Africa smells like. I mean, it's very um, very presumptuous. But I but I have to say though that when I read this, you know, I don't think that we can just say that women's scents or perfumes are by definition more real, right? Like. There are plenty no. of female fragrances that are equally absurd, and I took the liberty of having a bit of a look um, at some of these, <laughs> some of these examples. And we've got things like "Insolence" by Guerlain. Insolence, Insolence. like it's <laughs> like, oh my god! Well, Sophie, I mean, she is just smelling so great right now. And then it's like, what? She's smelling rude and slightly impertinent. I mean, <laughs> what is the game plan she's, there from Guerlain? She, she she's smelling like a you know a little granddaughter who disobeys granddad. <laughs> exactly. Um, so insolence by Guerlain. You've got. Basil by Mark Jacobs, or of course Basil. Um, Just Basil. You can imagine, well, Basil, you know, the, 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 herb. the fragrance. Yeah, <laughs> B-A-S-I-L. Okay. Yeah, and you go in and you go, crikey, I tell you what I want to smell like this Christmas, mummy. I want to smell like a margarita pizza. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, Mark Jacobs, like, winning over the, the Italian foodies. But the fancy version of the margarita pizza would, of course, be the caprese salad. And, you know, who wouldn't want to smell like a good caprese salad? Well, yeah, I agree, actually. In fact, like, if I walked into a bar and, you know, went up to the bar for a drink and I smelt a waft of caprese or basil... Or fresh pesto, yes. Basically, pesto... (laughs) I love pesto. <laughs> exactly. And I turn to my left and there's a lady there who reeks, frankly, of pesto. I'm probably buying her a drink. Yeah, I'm probably you... buying her a, a, a basil-infused yeah. gin and tonic. Yeah, yeah, you are, you are. And then, you know, when you go home, you uh, you treat her to some of your homemade basil and spinach pesto with penne and then get in your basil-infused bed sheets um i think that's more yeah i was with you until <laughs> sheets is that is that a thing yeah yeah of course yeah my i mean i've got um 
I've got tarragon pillow covers actually in my <laughs> um as I hate to be weird but does this room smell quite a lot like rosemary <laughs> I guess it does saffron and what a name but but the the other one of course is sauvage are you familiar Johnny with Johnny Depp of course yes. Johnny Depp yeah but you've got to, I mean, Johnny, we don't want to get into any legal difficulties. Um, and, you know, he was, of course, convicted. Uh, well, not convicted, but the son was able to stand by its article accusing him of beating his wife or, or mm-hmm. referring to him as a wife beater. We do not, of course, mm-hmm. refer to him in that way. Not we at all. don't have a legal team. <laughs> um, so we will just state the facts as they are. And. It is odd, though, that he represents a scent for men that is called savage. Well, <laughs> sauvage, because if you say it in French, it sounds oh so much more exotic. Exactly. And even if you speak in a French accent and you say, no, Johnny Depp, we are proud for him to be our brand ambassador of sauvage, despite the many allegations regarding his domestic behavior. It still sounds totally okay. No problem. Whereas if you say in English, yeah, well, um, he might have actually been subject to a few inquiries, <laughs> but uh, do buy the perfume. It's called Savage. It's called Sauvage. Uh, it's called Sauvage. Sauvage. <laughs> <laughs> no one's buying it. But if you think back, I mean, I can see why people buy it because, of course, Jack Sparrow was, you know, he was he was the pinnacle for many young. But hang on, hang on. I'm sorry. I don't think that Jack Sparrow is people's first thought when you know buying the perfume because Jack Sparrow looks like he hasn't showered in around 18 years. But that's the point. It's cool. It's sexy. <laughs> He's a pirate. No, Johnny Depp is cool and sexy. Jack Sparrow is his more kind of skanky and smelly depiction. No, you've missed a memo here, mate. Jack Sparrow's pretty hot. Gentlemen, you will always remember this as the day when you almost captured Captain Jack Sparrow. Savvy? Savvy's and savvy. We're sailing to Tortuga. Yeah, hello, Poppet. But it was, yeah, it was that film that obviously propelled him to international stardom before that he did weird sort of art house bits mm-hmm. and pieces. Mm-hmm. But when he became Captain Jack Sparrow, everybody thought, God, he's a heartthrob. And he had that weird sort of piratey look with the rings and the bandana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's subsequently been barred, I think, from Pirates of the Caribbean 17 or whatever, whatever <laughs> they're on now. Yeah, yeah. Pirates of the modern age. Russian hackers versus the US government. You know, I think at this point we we can move on because it, it ties in nicely. I want to talk about another icon of modern culture, modern film, who is, of course, he who must not be named, Lord Voldemort. I can say his name now that he's dead in, in fiction. And Harry Potter. It, Boy who lived, come to die. Yes, yes, we know. We know that you do a good Voldemort. Yes, and you probably will want to reread all of these, these, uh, <laughs> these snippets. I'll, I'll now offer you. Um, but basically, I got quite deep into the world of parody accounts on Twitter, of which, of course, there are many people setting up, you know, fake Harry Potter, fake Hermione accounts, and they're just, just 
posting a whole bunch bunch of nonsense in um in that character's tone. But what I like is that the the Dark Lord user at Lord underscore Voldemort seven. I believe that's seven <laughs> referring to his Horcruxes. For those or of us. perhaps the fact that there are actually six other Dark Lords. Yes, yes. On Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that also true. By well, the way, just... plot twist, right? You know, and hashtag spoiler alert, but Harry is the seventh Horcrux. I mean, woof, I mean That was a big, big, big moment for me to to really ponder the fact that inside Harry there is a little slice of Voldemort. That's that's a big yeah, that's a big big thought. So anyway, this this user, the Dark Lord, let's imagine it is the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord is is commenting on just lots of different things in the modern day with this kind of Harry Potter filter. So I like this one. There is about to be a dark mark above the stadium because Beyonce just killed. Hashtag Super Bowl 50. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which, by the way, to, to those of us who aren't so clued up on Harry Potter, in particular the fourth book, this is a great reference to the Quidditch World Cup and a sporting event after which there is this apparition in the sky which indicates basically that Death Eaters, i.e. the cronies of Lord Voldemort, are about. I always thought that Beyonce was a member of the the Illuminati along with Jay-Z and Kanye, but maybe she's actually just a Death Eater. Wow. That would be a real turn-up. And her sister Solange might be the um, Petunia Dursley in the... Oh, that is so wonderfully niche. I mean, A, you know Beyonce's sister's name. I've never heard of Solange. B, you're whipping (gasps) up Petunia. Because she's a Destiny's child, come on. Oh, is she? Okay, well, yeah. I know Destiny's Child, yeah. So so the Dark Lord continues to just make random statements, some pertaining to Harry Potter, some to real life. This one happens to be about Harry Potter. Why were the Weasleys even afraid of Dementors? Gingers don't have souls. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Again, a plays on the classic trope. Yes, I mean, exactly. plays on the classic trope of you know gingers who come in for a hard time. Uh, to be honest, and yeah, there's this idea that they don't have souls. Of course, well, we think they have souls. Well, who, <laughs> well what, mean, who what is a soul? Am I right? What, what is, is a soul? soul? Yeah. yeah, I think the Dementors though were probably responsible for me wetting the bed on <laughs> numerous occasions. They were they were terrifying. Yes. Agreed, agreed. And the Dementors' kiss um, is oh yeah, it's so sort of perverted, of course, isn't it? The most exactly the the, the most um, macabre punishment in the Wizarding world, much worse than the unforgivable curses, if you ask me. <laughs> yes, but, the Cruciatus yeah. curse. Yeah, yeah. Crucio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bellatrix, just <laughs> take it easy. Yeah. That's my daughter, you bitch. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was that's, really quite yeah. aggressive from JK that, when she dropped in that. Exactly, yeah. and that's that was a big shock to a lot of us who'd followed, you know, all all, all all seven books, and then suddenly JK Rowling dropping the the B word in in an exchange between Molly Weasley and Bellatrix the Strange. Yeah, potty JK Rowling and her potty mouth. Yes. Potter. Ashley. Yes, Potter. Yes, Potter. And just lastly, I'd like to uh, bring up this this tweet from The Dark Lord, which is referring to a moment in the first Harry Potter film, which I hope people will remember. It's quite iconic. Harry wasn't chosen for Ravenclaw because he tried to catch the Hogwarts letter from the air instead of taking one from the floor. 
which I thought is a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic argument. That because Ravenclaw really good. Ravenclaw yeah. is typically known as the house for the most intelligent wizards, and Harry wasn't chosen for Ravenclaw, according to the Dark Lord, because when the letters are flying in through the chimney in the first in the first film, he's too busy trying to snatch one out the air as opposed to just taking one that's already fallen. Uh, but to be fair to Harry, and and you know, bloody hell, Harry, he wasn't he wasn't intelligent. Um, he he was incredibly courageous, but but he wasn't to know that all of those letters contained the exact same contents, namely, you've got into Hogwarts, mate. Like, well done. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I like that a lot. Vernon Dursley, he he worked like a a drill manufacturer, didn't he? And yes. Before Privet Drive, indeed. What a, what, what a wonderful world. Actually, there's... there's Grunning's now... Drills, I believe. Something like Grunning's Drills. It is, yeah. yeah. But there's now an entire cottage industry of taking tourists around um, a village that's not too far outside London, easily reachable by bus, where they claim that it is the inspiration for number four Privet Drive. And wow. I read this article about it, and it's mainly Chinese tour operators that take these busloads of Chinese people to a random suburb outside London. And because it's, you know, 40 minutes from Victoria, they just tell them that that's four Privet Drive, and they all take their pictures and get back on the bus. But the residents of this road are just like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's not like it was filmed there. It's not like JK ever went there. It's just this road that is, like, quite standard. And yeah, it's become a, a real go-to. Um, I mean, there there is a model of Four Privet Drive in the Harry Potter Museum out in Watford, which I've been to, and that was uh, was a real trip down Harry Potter Lane. You know, you're clutching your butter beer, which it turns out is just kind of very sweet honey juice. It's actually it's actually good for the first few sips, and then gets very very boring. I've heard this actually. The butter beer is to get some bad, bad reviews. Yeah. Is it alcoholic? No, no. And nor is it. I think in the books. In the books, it must be. Come on, it must be. In my head, it was like a sort of a Guinness that had like a slightly sugary element to it, but clearly, it's not. Like yeah, that. yeah. That's how I pictured it. Yeah. I found this parody account very amusing. It's called Elizabeth Windsor, and it is essentially a parody account, of course of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And much like the Dark Lord, it is... Oh. <laughs> what? No. Is, that, is that a legitimate comparison to make? <laughs> what I mean is, much like the Dark Lord, it is a character <laughs> who is well known to the, the UK population making commentary on uh, issues of the day. So... For example, one of the the tweets which Elizabeth Windsor made recently is, Harry, just at the moment, when there are one or two more important issues in the world than you, please, for the love of all that's holy, shut up. Love, Granny. I mean, you know, Meghan and Harry, Mexit, they've, they've headed off to California you can't help but think that the Queen might be slightly peeved at that and slightly sort of upset that Harry's rather rained on her parade and she normally rather likes rain and loves a bloody good parade. So <laughs> um, she's probably thinking, yes, who is this Megan character? I mean, I watched the first episode of Suits and thought she seemed a bit of a hussy. <laughs> 
Yeah, the Megxit is also referenced, of course. Megxit is a common theme in the Elizabeth Windsor Twitter channel, uh, Twitter feed, I don't know what you call it. Um, mm. And uh, about, you know, the idea of the Queen consuming content which they make, there's another tweet related to that, which is, Unfortunately, one will be unable to listen to Harry and Meghan's new podcast for reasons of not being in the slightest bit bloody interested. <laughs> <laughs> I like it how you've almost actually you've 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 done a weird Queen Elizabeth Dolores Umbridge. Hybrid. I was worried that you'd say Dolores Umbridge because I I did really feel quite a lot like Dolores yeah. Umbridge there. I got a I got a certain sense of Stephen Fry's impression of Dolores Umbridge, Harry. Why don't you come in here and write on your hand with this lovely quill? Very niche. Because Mr. Potter. You must not tell lies. We've dove, we've Um, dived, we've dived down the rabbit hole. We've dived diagonally down the rabbit hole into Nocturne. Oh, very good. Borgen and Burks. Let's not see who knows Uh, more Harry Potter too much. Well, shout out to the the Potterologists, um, our three listeners. I mean, if one of you is a Potterologist, good on you. Um, And I just I want to, you know end on the Elizabeth Windsor Twitter account with uh, a very recent one, which is simply, oh, the things one has to do to stop Prince Harry visiting at Christmas. Hashtag tier four. Very current. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, maybe there is that, that degree of animosity, but Harry, he's just a, he's a lovable oaf. You know, he just sort of got things, you know, he's a straight up bloke. He's, he's always flushed in the face because he's always been running at some charity event, you know, challenging Usain, <laughs> Usain Bolt to a 50 metre race, distracting Usain Bolt and then running when he's not looking. <laughs> We've all seen that YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, Harry, I feel like he's got the nation's heart on his side. Um Agreed, agreed. And I think, you know, that the wedding between Harry and Meghan was very, very lovely. And I think I think that the love they have is is very real. So, um, you know, I think the fact that they've decided to pursue their own path in life is actually pretty understandable. Obviously, it's a big no, no in in the royal context. But I, I don't blame him for, for wanting to escape a life of constant scrutiny. Mm. You can imagine some very awkward dinners, though, at... Uh... Balmoral between, you know, imagine the Queen sitting next to Meghan. It's a slight clash of cultures, isn't it? Oh my God, Elizabeth! Can I call you Lizzie? <coughs> oh dear, <laughs> that was quite a that was quite an umbrage throat clear from you, <coughs> Lizzie. Lizzie, do you mind passing the soup? Um, that's not that's not soup, darling. It's called gravy. <laughs> Well, it looks mighty delicious. Is it? A, is it an organic bone broth or is it a kombucha? <laughs> you won't be kombuching next year, Megan. <laughs> I think that's all we've got time for though this week. Thank you so much as ever for tuning in. Please do follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and please do download, give us a rating, and head over to our Instagram page at Earth underscore Calling underscore Pod where you can find bonus content and special clips. And if you really want to, you can even send us a voice note on Spotify. Who knew? Join us next week when we jump into Wikipedia, the user-generated primary source of truth 
in a post-truth era. How's that for a teaser? See you next week. Earth out. <laughs>